2: We're reviewing 2019 ADP and searching for the RotoViz favorite and least favorite picks in each round of 2019 fantasy drafts on RotoViz Radio.
1: What's up, RotoViz?
2: Welcome on into road radio brought to you by the ffpc i'm dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at rodoviz matt is in texas this week so i'm going to try and do a solo episode this week hopefully it goes well and i think there might be a small fraction of people out there that view this as a uh good thing with matt taking that week off and maybe they even want him out permanently who knows Having said that, uh, definitely go check out rotoviz.com forward slash podcast to look into that 10% listener-only discount. We have a lot of cool things on the apps front that are going to be releasing between now and the start of the season. Definitely a lot in season, so definitely do yourself a favor and go check that out. Before we get into today's episode, I'm heading over to Twitter just for one second to thank uh, a listener who informed Matt and I after last week's episode that the main reason that people will fold their laundry inside out is to... Um, let's see what he said. Clothes are washed inside out so the patterns or prints on the outside are not damaged during the washing process. So that's from Scott M. Steiner. So thank you, sir, for sending that in. I do now recall that my wife has mentioned that. I would... Still, they'll push back on items that don't have any significant patterns or prints. Um, But, I mean, I think that's a fair point. So, uh, we do appreciate you clearing that up for us. With that out of the way, let's look at some ADP from 2019. I pulled the MFL 10 ADP from today heading back to June 10th. And what we're going to look at is for each player, their positional ADP versus the positional ranks that we have as determined by the group of redraft rankers that we have at the site. And we'll look at each round and try to determine who we believe the best value is and who we believe would be the worst value. So let's start off looking at round one, where we see seven running backs going for wide receiver selected and Travis Kelsey at tight end, with the order right now being Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, David Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, Melvin Gordon, Devonte Adams, Le'Veon Bell, Michael Thomas, Travis Kelsey, and Julio Jones. Now, one thing we should keep in mind is right now, best ball sources are probably... The best option we have for looking at ADP because you do have people playing for real sums as opposed to pulling maybe ESPN mock draft data Uh, just makes more sense to go with the MFL 10 ADP as we make our way down these lists though. We might see players getting pushed up the board via auto selections like Emmanuel Sanders, as that's happened to me a couple of times, or other players that are better best ball options or at least perceived to be better best ball options. But I think that this is the best uh, approach we can take for an exercise like this at this point. So I'm not expecting too much change to occur with these round one players, though. I do find it interesting that David Johnson is coming in at five overall. So in addition to Matt and I being excited about the Cardinals in 2019, it seems like drafters at large have determined that they believe Cliff Kingsbury is going to turn things around in Arizona. Kyler Murray is going to make an impact right off the bat, and that is going to propel david johnson back to that elite level that we saw him at prior it's interesting to me that this correction has already been made i don't think that i would have expected the well i guess mfl 10 players are probably more in tune and following along much more heavily than your average player so this adp will for him might move down a little bit as the more um casual player gets into the fold, maybe come August. Nonetheless, I was surprised to see him here. And the interesting thing is that is the spot that the Rotoviz team has him going at. We have him ranked running back five positional rank of running back five as, as based on ADP. So that to me was particularly interesting. The players that we view as the best values actually are the two saints players that are going in round one being Alvin Kamara at pick four and Michael Thomas At pick 10, we have each of those players one spot ahead of where they are going based on positional ADP, but I don't think those are really crazy good values. And, you know, with these round one players, it's really more personal preference. We actually have Julio Jones, who rounds out the first round based upon ADP. We have him at six. His positional rank, as determined by drafters, is four. That difference of two isn't that significant, so nothing too uh, major stands out to me, at least from the round one selections. Round two, though, starts off with Joe Mixon, a player that we have as RB11, and he's being selected as the eighth running back off the board. I am a little surprised to see Mixon being the first pick in that round, and then he's followed up by James Conner, who we have at nine. But there does seem to be a fair amount of hype surrounding Mixon. And with that spread of three, it's not too crazy. The player, though, that you might be curious about is Todd Gurley, who goes after uh, Connor with Odell Beckham in between. Uh, Gurley is the 10th running back off the board. In the redraft rankings at RotoViz. we still have Todd Gurley at eight when you combine across our rankers now I am the most pessimistic of the team on Todd Gurley and this goes back to what I've talked about before which is I don't think especially in redraft leagues when you're heading into a season if you have significant red flags and in the case of Gurley I think you have a couple of red flags I think that you should just avoid these players so I actually have him ranked at 26 overall pushing him significantly down my rankings and for me this is done so that I'm not encouraging our readers to use a high leverage pick, like a first or a second round pick on a player like Early. I don't think that it makes sense. Sure, he could be the number one fantasy player in 2019. That range of an outcome is there. But I think that if we're being fair and we're being objective and being realistic his range of outcomes on the low end in comparison to some of these other players. And of course at running back inherently, we have a lot of low range outcomes, but I don't think that you could make the case for a player like Joe Mixon or a James Connor, or even a Dalvin cooker, or Nick Chubb having more low end ranges of outcomes than Todd Gurley. You can very realistically have missing games at the beginning of the season and that can extend out. That's a situation that I just want to avoid. Sure, some of that is a personal preference of how you manage your teams, but to me, is not a sound move in the aggregate over the long term to go after players with so many red flags in the first two rounds of the draft, which, as we've talked about before, you don't necessarily win your league in the first rounds, but you can certainly lose your league in the first rounds. Occasionally, you can have a team where You take an approach that uh, is anti-fragile, such as going zero running back, and you lose one of your top picks. You play the waiver wire. You're able to overcome it. Perhaps you didn't go zero running back, but you're in a league, and you just make it happen. But that is the deviant, right? That is not the thing that normally happens. That's deviating from the norm, right? So I... And much lower on Gurley than everybody else. Nonetheless, though, if you're looking for a player that's ahead of their ADP in our rankings, Gurley is an option. Um, another player that uh, we have ranked lower than where they're coming in is Keenan Allen, uh, who we have as a wide receiver 11. He's closing out the second round. I still think that's somewhat in the realm of reason. So from round two, you have Mixon as the least favorite selection by the Road of His team, Todd Gurley as the favorite. But this is where you're going to want to be checking in on the Road of His rankings because I really can, well, I can't say with any certainty, but I will be surprised if, absent of any significant information coming in on Gurley, by the time we're in August, that holds. Moving into round three, where we have seven running backs going off the board, five wide receivers, our favorite pick would be Stephon Diggs, who we have as wide receiver nine. Of course, a wrote of his favorite. He's going as the 14th wide receiver off the board.
3: Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.
2: Now it's curious to see Adam Thielen, his teammate, going as the first player selected in the third round, as wide receiver ten. The road of his team has him at wide receiver. 13 so we're much higher on digs now leonard fournette would be our least favorite pick the redraft team has him at 18 he's going at 14 fournette is an interesting case this year i think that matt and i are gonna have to take a deeper dive into what we make of fournette but if you're looking for a player to avoid in the third round the road of his team is has him as one of those options we also have Derrick Henry going four spots behind his ADP he currently is going second to last with Kerryon Johnson behind him in third round ADP Um, which is it's you know so if we make our way into round four you have some interesting mix of players here julian edelman josh jacobs brandon cooks patrick mahomes is the first quarterback kenny galladay robert woods mark ingram philip Lindsay, tyree kill sony michelle chris godwin and tyler lockett so that is one quarterback four running backs and seven wide receivers we have um tyree kill Way far outside of that ADP. But of course, a lot of that is we are expecting him to miss significant time. So if we remove him from the equation, the player that we have as the most overvalued fourth round selection would actually be Chris Godwin, who the team has at 25. He has an ADP of 20 in his positional Rank. So it's interesting for me here because I actually have Godwin currently the highest in my ranks compared to anybody else. And I'm not sure that at the end of the summer, after I've done projections for all 32 teams and have taken in all of the information that we will sift through as we work our way towards the end of the summer, I'm not sure that I'm going to have him quite that high. But I do think that there's a lot of things that you can look at that can be positive for him. You have a situation where there's one less player and Adam Humphreys being gone that can get targeted, as well as Deshaun Jackson. I think that those are two key points. I also think that Godwin is going to be able to now show how talented of a player he is, alongside Mike Evans you have Bruce Arians coming in but more than anything it's just a reflection upon I view Godwin as a very strong player and there's not a lot of competition for him in that range Tyler Lockett is currently one spot behind him in ADP I think they're in a similar spot but in the majority of outcomes I think Godwin plays in a system and is likely a better player than Lockett, where. If you're looking at that median range of outcomes, Godwin's is slightly higher. He probably also has more upside. And I think that's a key thing with him. I can envision a scenario where Godwin gets north of eight touchdowns, a thousand yards. Of course, I'll have to do my projections, but that's why I'm higher on Godwin than the rest of our team. So it's, it's again, an interesting thing where one ranker can feel much better than the the rest of the team. So I bring that up because if you do feel really good about these players, sometimes it's certainly okay to pick them five spots ahead of their ADP. And in most cases, it is. From this round, though, the player that we are the least enthusiastic about is Mark Ingram, who's going as the running back 21 The road of his team has him at running back 35. So this is a significant difference. That 14, that delta of 14 is the biggest we've seen so far. So if you're looking for players that you can definitely circle as those to avoid, it looks like Mark Ingram would be your guy. It's still a high leverage round. I think that going for a player like Ingram, you're just trying to secure yourself a starter at running back with this, excuse me, with this fourth round pick. I'm not sure that's the case. I would much rather go with Godwin or Lockett in that spot, to be blunt, than I would going with a player like Ingram. So he is probably going to be one of the major takeaways from this exercise. Let's continue down and move into round five. In round five, we see five running backs, seven wide receivers get selected. Uh, In case you've been wondering, since our last tight end, who was George Kittle going at pick 23, none have been selected. In round five, the favorite pick for the Rotoviz team would likely be DJ Moore, who we have at 18 against an ADP of 22. Those of you that subscribe to the site probably saw Curtis Patrick's piece that came out on DJ Moore explaining why he is a player that has a really, really bright future. Check that out. And you're really going to like DJ Moore. So he's our favorite pick there. The player that uh, we would have the most concern about would be Sammy Watkins, It's interesting here that you see Tyreek Hill in the ADP still going as a fourth rounder and then Sammy Watkins coming in fifth. Undoubtedly, Watkins being in that fifth spot is surely influenced by that. It's hard to determine, though, if Hill does become suspended, how much higher Watkins would fly. But we have him at wide receiver 29 versus that ADP of wide receiver 24. And I actually may have misspoke because... We have two ties here. The Kenyan Drake we have at running back twenty nine. The ADP has him at running back twenty four, and that's a difference of five. So he's another player coming from round five that you could point to as a player you might want to avoid. Let's think about some of the names behind him though: James White, Tariq Cohen, Chris Carson, David Montgomery. Not sure that I'm in love with any of these players here, although if I had to take one of those running backs, I would probably take White before Kenyon Drake. David Montgomery should not be going in the fifth round. I don't care what anybody says. We've talked about this before. I know he's only four spots lower in the road of his ADP, but I don't think that you should be going for your running back in this range if it's going to be david montgomery tyler boyd we also have at wide receiver 23 he's going at wide receiver 28 so that's a little bit of a variance there moving along to round six where we see oj howard start off the round he is the first tight end to go he's going at tight end four we have him at five so that definitely can make some sense other players selected in this round Darius Geis Mike Williams Hunter Henry Alshon Jeffrey Evan Ingram Tevin Coleman Robbie Anderson Lamar Miller Rashad Penny Will Fuller Eric Ebron the player with the biggest variance in this round for the positive is Darius Geis who we have at running back 23 he's going at running back 29 Adrian Peterson is there Chris Thompson is there This likely reflects how strongly we feel that Darius Geis is a solid prospect. The other thing that would be a fair concern is what can that Washington offense do? They're likely going to have a rookie quarterback playing. Team did not look excellent last season. Of course, a lot of that had to do with the rotation at quarterback. I like Geis. I like Geis a lot. In the 6th round, though, I might like to wait to see him in the 7th round before I think about taking that pick. The player that the road of his team feels the best about, or excuse me, guys was the player that the team has ranked the highest against his ADP. On the opposite end of the spectrum, we have Lamar Miller at 37 versus an ADP of 31. When my rankings are finalized, I am pretty sure that I will be well ahead of the rest of the team on Lamar Miller. We talked about this, I think it was last week, but it's going to be tough to find a player this late in the sixth round that is going to have the opportunity that Lamar Miller is going to. You could speculate that Foreman is able to take away some of his opportunity, but for reasons we've talked about prior, it doesn't seem like the threat to Miller's opportunity is equal to a number of players ahead of him. And it's not like Lamar Miller's terrible. He had somewhat of a disappointing season last year, but he still, very realistically, could be an RB2, and he has been an RB2. And with a six-round pick, that is what you're trying to get. Certainly limited upside, but if you look at other players around him, such as... Tevin Coleman, Rashad Penny, I can see how you might have some trouble making that that decision. But Tevin Coleman, there are significant threats there. He's got to get past Matt Breda. He's got to get past Jarek McKinnon. He's in a new offense. Rashad Penny. You have Chris Carson going the round in front of him. There could be a competition there. So we actually are higher on both of those players than we are on Lamar Miller by significant portions. So uh, I'll be curious to see how this plays out. That is round six. Any other players that surprise me in there worth mentioning? Oh, we have Will Fuller, of course, ahead of his ADP of 32. Will Fuller, I think you could say has the most upside out of any player that we've looked at in the last two rounds. So that takes us through round six. Uh, just a quick reminder here to go and check out the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. While it may be the off-season for most people, it definitely is not for our listeners or the players over at the FFPC. If you're a diehard who's ready to draft now, the FFPC Best Ball Leagues are already open for the 2019 season. There's drafts forming daily, starting at a $35 entry fee. Of course, the FFPC is... The go-to destination for the serious dynasty player with almost 300 active dynasty leagues starting at $77 entries going all the way up to $5,000 and not a single dynasty has folded in nine years which of course is impressive. Definitely go and check out those Dynasty League openings. Don't miss the FFPC Experience World of Its Listeners. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com,
1: the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn.
2: We see three quarterbacks going off the board, four running backs, four wide receivers, and one tight end. The tight end in round seven is Jared Cook, who uh, we actually have one spot ahead of where he's going, so that could make sense. You have Daryl Henderson getting in the mix there. The player that we're least enthused about as a selection in round seven is Dante Pettis. We have him at wide receiver 40. He's going at wide receiver 40. 34 behind him you have christian kirk going at 35 we have at 31 do not be drafting dante pettis when christian kirk is there would be my key takeaway uh but what we should also mention would be at the end of the round we have royce freeman at running back 31 versus an adp of 36 royce freeman there's definitely a case to be made for him. Coming out of school, I really liked him. I thought that he could be effective as a receiver and as a rusher. With Philip Lindsay there, you're probably not going to see him be a player that is going to control an entire offense, and of course, he has to beat out Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay is a great receiving threat. Maybe Freeman can get in there carrying the ball to some extent. I do think that in his profile, though, you could have a player that's dominant. Sometimes the first year just does not work out for a player, but if they're talented and things break correctly for them, you'll see things come to fruition in year two. With a pick of, or excuse me, with a a round seven pick, I think that Freeman certainly makes sense to go after if you're in a position where you're looking for a running back that if they hit, they're going to hit big. I wouldn't view him as an anchoring piece of your roster, and I wouldn't expect too much. But there's a reason why he would be our favorite pick from this round, and I think a lot of it goes back to how solid of a player we view him as. Perhaps not in the greatest situation, but there are reasons to be concerned about Phillip Lindsay, and it's also possible that Freeman can control more of that offense in 2019. Latavius Murray, it's interesting to see go in round seven. And actually that's at running back 34 And the road of his team. has him at pick or excuse me at RB 30. And I don't know. I don't think that this should really be surprising because we've seen Latavius Murray perform very well and be a solid back on the Raiders and the Vikings. Uh, He's now done it for a couple of years And, you know, this is a team where they've already done a platoon backfield. They've already made really solid fantasy players in Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara doing so um, on a shared field. So I'm expecting that to continue. It looks like the redraft team is, and so are drafters. I almost feel like Murray is one of those players, though, where... I think you can make an argument, too, that you take him ahead of other players like Lamar Miller or Rashad Penny, even Tevin Coleman, who were going in round six. There's definitely compelling cases there. So as a round seven pick for me, I think that he's one of those guys I will be looking at. Uh, But as we quickly, quickly review this list, I think the biggest names that have stood out so far, it's really just one name. It's Mark Ingram. That is what we've discovered so far. So hopefully we will find a couple more as we continue down this list. Round eight, we're now into the likes of David Njoku, Jordan Howard, Cortland Sutton, Larry Fitzgerald, Sterling Shepard, Kiki Kute, Vance McDonald, Jarek McKinnon, Golden Tate, Baker Mayfield, Curtis Samuel, and Austin Hooper. I suppose, though, that I've gotten ahead of myself here. Let's talk about the quarterbacks that went in round seven. You had Andrew Luck, as well as Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson. And we pretty much had all three of those quarterbacks right on with their ADP. So, might be why... I uh just moved ahead there. Anyway, round eight. We're still not at any huge variances. Jordan Howard, we have at RB42. He's going at RB37. And round eight, that's not a huge variance. Um, but for the positive, we have uh Kikikute at 36, he's going at ADP of 40. I don't really think that there's any of the major takeaways that I would have expected in a round like this. So um, if I'm starting to sound a little disjointed, that is because I just received an alert that in my town there is currently a... This is very bizarre. Apparently there's a high-speed chase... From southern New Hampshire in Nashua that's made its way up here. There's someone currently armed in town. And we just got a text from a neighbor that lives a couple streets over that there were police with guns in their yard. Um, well, that's kind of curious. <laughs> we will continue... Uh, along here I will let everybody know next week though how this turns out um, perhaps this is almost more compelling radio than than trying to run through ADP um, to collect myself let's look at round 9 where you have um, actually you know what I'm going to pause this quickly and we're going to go look outside alright um, I am back a shelter-in-place advisory that was issued Monday night was lifted after a man who had barricaded himself inside a vehicle surrendered to police. The advisory had been issued out of an abundance of caution for yada, 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 yada. All right, so that situation is, is all uh, taken care of. Uh, where were we? We were looking at round nine. That is an odd uh, occurrence for here. Things like that normally don't happen. Um, A big difference is present in round nine. Jalen Samuels, who we have with a positional rank of 57, is going with a positional ADP of 40. What's going on here is people are looking for that big uptick when... James Conner goes down, or that's what they're assuming, or they're assuming that Jalen Samuels can get into the mix. But seeing as this is a best ball league, that can certainly make sense. What we gather though from that 5780p is like myself, the rest of the team thinks that James Conner is going to be the guy in the backfield in Pittsburgh. There's different coach speak, different things coming out, but we believe that you are going to have James Conner controlling that backfield, that he is going to be a really solid fantasy option. I think in round nine, for me, I'd rather go with a number of other backs or receivers. I would hold out on Samuels a little bit longer. Uh, Another player where we have a big difference is we actually have in Keel Harry, and this is interesting given what we've talked about, A couple of episodes ago with the rookie wide receivers, we have Harry ranked at 35. He's going at pick 46. I'm surprised by this. I really would have thought that we'd have a situation where drafters would be so excited about a new receiver going into that New England offense. Perhaps it comes down to the fact that it really has been Julian Edelman, that flash of Josh Gordon, no pun intended when he was with the Patriots, but we haven't had too much production outside of Edelman going back a couple of years now at the wide receiver spot. I think that it might be a little bit different with Harry. And in the article that I wrote specifically focused on rookie wide receivers, he was one of the only players that I felt like I could make a compelling case for going after in his rookie season at his ADP. And we're seeing here that I am not the only RotoViz team member that feels this way. If that holds, he looks like an opportunity to cash in. Now, there's another noteworthy player in round nine. And we're now at the point where we can start to see some of these players that we should be going after, that we can use for value, or that we can avoid. And that player is Deshaun Jackson. We have him at wide receiver 59. He's going at wide receiver 45, given ADP. Again, with him, it's probably because this is best ball ADP. I'm going with Rotoviz on this one. I think I'm probably significantly low on Deshaun Jackson as well. Uh, but those are certainly three names. So Samuels, Deshaun Jackson, and Keel Harry at this point. If we move into round 10, uh, Russell Wilson goes in round 10. We actually have him as the fifth quarterback. He's going as the eighth quarterback off the board. If you're into quarterbacks, perhaps that's a place that you should look. But there is a major discrepancy with Geronimo Allison. He's going at fifteen eighty P. We actually have him at 78. I think what this is showing is that there's still this perception that the Packers offense is going to support multiple players in the receiving core, but I think now there's a body of evidence that goes against that. And I think that's why we see Geronimo Allison falling so far back in the road of his rankings. Of course it would be fair to ask, well, where do we have the rest of the Packers wide receivers going? Obviously we have Devante Adams way up in the top 10. Um, let me just, uh, pull up exactly where he is yeah so we have Devonte adams actually at uh wide receiver three we have marquez valdez scantling at 60 though so we actually have him as the second option now when i talked about people assuming that there's going to be value in that packers passing game i must concede that being The 50th wide receiver off the board, there's not that much hype. Uh, But even the player that we have is the second option in that passing game. We have going at pick 60. As hype starts to build heading into the season, don't buy into it. I don't think that there's any option there that should really be viewed as a player to reach on. Which, in this round, I think you could make an argument you might be reaching. Another player that we do not like here is Carlos Hyde. Coming in at running back 47, uh, but nothing too major in terms of players that we do like. Round 11, it's interesting here. We have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, as I just mentioned, at 60, but he's going in at wide receiver 52. So I think this does speak to what I was talking about with drafters and what they're doing with the Packers receiving core. But Matt Breida, we have at running back 39. He has an ADP of running back 50. What do you do with the San Francisco backfield? Tevin Coleman is the most talented player in that backfield. He's a player that I think has the most varied skill set. I understand that Jarek McKinnon is a tremendous athlete. I know that he can rush with the ball. I know that he can be a good receiver. I think that Breida has skills in both facets too, but no. Tevin Coleman is the most well-rounded running back on that roster. He is the largest track record of success. I think that he's the presumptive starter, and I think that he'll carry the majority of that workload. But nothing's really set in stone here. And Matt Breida is in a position in round 11 where you can select him, and you could have a player that is the top option in his offense, or that at the very least... Well, I shouldn't say at the very least, but has a, a pretty solid likelihood of getting into a rotation, being able to contribute for your team here and there, maybe has some standalone value, but could have a lot of value. He was very good last season. So I think that he should be one of our takeaways from this exercise. Uh, if things hold, that's a pretty good value. So I'd be excited about that continuing along, let's move into round 12 with ADP here. Um, A player that we do not like as much as ADP is Deshaun Hamilton. We have him at wide receiver 76. He's going up wide receiver 55 in terms of positive options. There's really nothing significant to speak about. So that rounds out our exercise here of looking at the redraft rankings against the current ADP. I think that the key takeaways here, as I've now harped upon are Mark Ingram as a player to avoid and Keel Harry as a potential player to target, which I find particularly surprising, but that could be a good thing. And then as you start to work in around nine, Jalen Samuels, Geronimo Allison, a trap that you don't want to get caught in, Matt Breida, a player to go after, and behind him, I guess you could say Deshaun Hamilton, but so that takes us through that exercise. I figured we can probably keep this a shorter episode as you likely don't want to hear me just uh, drone on for any longer than you already have. Matt will be back next week. And a quick reminder, again, a lot of reminders tonight, but you can get that listeners only 10% discount uh, through the rotoviz.com forward slash podcast page. And I should mention before we close things out that as a thank you for your awesome support, we have a rotoviz NFL pass to give away All you need to do to enter is to subscribe to and rate the RotoViz Radio channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Do us a solid and hit that rate button. In doing so, you gain an entry to our giveaway. Each RotoViz podcast you rate and review will count as an entry. The more reviews, the more chance you have to win. And the other cool thing is if you are a current RotoViz subscriber, um, we will add on an additional year to your current sub. So there's no reason not to enter. The winner will be announced on an upcoming show. Rate and review the RotoViz Network on iTunes and enter now. That's going to do it for today's show. I'm Dave Cabin. You can follow me on Twitter at DaveCabinFF. If you want to send us an email, it's uh, RotoVizRadio at gmail.com. And until next time, remember, it's not a fantasy if you believe it.